Hey, everybody, Stacy here with a little pre-show announcement. I just want to remind you about some upcoming events that we have in the month of June 2023. If you're listening before June 16th, make sure that you're registered for From Winging It to Winning It. This is my next free masterclass, and I'm going to be teaching you the top five things to do every single day to create clients now and always. And then starting on June 28th, I have a brand new six-week summer course for you from free to fee. In this course, I am teaching you everything about creating high converting events that lead to paying clients. What does that mean? That means I'm not only going to teach you what you should be creating for your audience, but how to market it, get people to say yes to joining you, how to deliver an exceptional experience, and then how to get people to sign up with you after. If this sounds good to you, go over to my website, www.stacybrassrussell.com and go to the events page. You'll be able to click on both of those register and I can't wait to see you because being in the Zoom room with you is one of my greatest joys. Welcome to Passionate and Prosperous, the only podcast about creating success in your life and business by using your voice, gifts, and skills to do the work that lights you up, make money, and have massive impact in the world. This show teaches coaches, creatives, and service-oriented human beings how to trust in yourself and leverage your unique message, experience, and expertise to attract your ideal audience, create clients, and organically build your soul-aligned business. I'm your host, Mindset and Business Strategy Coach, Stacey Brass Russell, and I can't wait to help you to set yourself up for success and use your passion to create the prosperous life and business that you truly desire. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Passionate and Prosperous. Today we are going to be talking about audience expansion. Now, I actually wish that I could be in the room with you and see whatever the expression (laughs) is that just came over your face or whatever reaction you had to me saying that we're going to talk about your audience. Because I know for a fact that For many of you, the idea even of assuming that you have an audience makes you uncomfortable, right? The idea that you might think that you're in the spotlight or that you are the center or the focus of attention because I know that A, you may not like that or want to be that, or B, you may even feel a little cringy about me implying that you have an audience, because that would imply that you think that you're so great or that you're, you know, hot shit and you have an audience. And so first and foremost, I'm going to tell you, you are hot shit. You need to think that. You need to think that you're hot shit and you have an audience because that is one of the most important um, things that we need in order to have a business, in order to set ourselves up for success in terms of having a a a steady pool of people that we can talk to and that want to work with us. I don't think a steady pool makes a lot of sense, but I think you get what I'm saying. So why did I want to come in and talk about this? Well, you know, if you've been listening to the show from the beginning, or even if you've just jumped in and been cherry-picked which episodes you want to listen to, you will hear that we've got episodes on visibility, right? One that's literally called, do you have a visibility problem? We have episodes on client attraction because what kind of business coach or mentor would I be if I didn't focus on helping you to attract clients so that you have people to work with, so that you have people to do the, the work that you're here to do with and get paid for it? So as you probably know, I have an academy. It's called the Passionate and Prosperous Academy, where we've got a whole bunch of incredible rock star, service-oriented, mission-driven coaches and wellness professionals who are waking up every day and taking action 
to create clients. A big thing that we focus on is what are client attracting activities? Here's something else that you should know about the, well, it's not only the Passion and Prosperous Academy, it's everyone I work with. I work with people that are inside the academy. I work with people that work with me one-on-one. Um, what you need to know is that I, Stacey Brass Russell, don't seem to attract a lot of people who really want to be relying on social media for their businesses. You've heard me talk about this. And it's not surprising because I don't rely on social media for my business. Uh, now, that's not to say that I don't like utilize social media and do like when I say rely on social media, I mean rely on posting. Okay, rely on posting. I don't rely on posting. I don't, I've never, <laughs> I'm going to use this phrase that drives me a little crazy. I've never unlocked the code to having posting on social media be the thing that generates, you know, people coming to me constantly, reaching out to me, being like, how can I work with you? How can I pay with pay you? You know, you hear lots of coaches saying that. And and look, there are, inf- there are influencers. There are Instagram influencers. There are plenty of people out there who probably are selling directly on social where literally they're posting their offers and people are buying. But that's actually never been my experience. And I, my business is five years old and I've got, I've, I've, I make, I think, you know, good, good money in my coaching business. Right. But I've never done that by being someone who's really using social media exclusively as my client attracting situation. And I think that unless you are someone and I and I and let me just also say I am on social media and I'm on all the platforms and I'm not going to lie like I mean I used to do it all by myself and now I have an assistant and we do stuff together and she helps me and she manages um and I create a lot of content. So what I have to post on social media, you know, I have a lot of stuff because it's sort of a combination of me using social media the way you're supposed to use social media, which is to be social, right? And to post stuff about myself and 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 share. And then also sometimes posting in a marketing kind of way where I'm saying, "Hey, I've got this event coming up. I've got this course, I've got this training." I've got this academy or I have this service, right? You can come work with me one-on-one. So the reason I wanted to come in and talk about growing an audience today was to talk about how important it is to use a number of different strategies to grow your audience besides social, unless you are someone who's really like angling for influencer status, right? Unless you, you know, unless you just want to learn how to be on social media all day long, because I think that's what it actually requires for you to be someone who like sells on social, um, to be on social media all day long and uh, utilize it exclusively as the way that you uh, grow your business. And if that's not you, then what I wanted to talk to you about today is the importance of having ways that you do want to grow your audience. So I get to talk to people all the time. I have lots and lots of clients and students. And what I what I notice is a desire to have clients come to you. A desire to just be so magnetic <laughs> that you kind of put a little bit out on social media, posting a little here and there, and then wonder why it's not that easy to attract and create clients. And I have had that experience myself at different times. And what I know to be true, 100,000 bazillion percent, is that having a successful, sustainable business 
is in some ways a numbers game. The numbers game doesn't mean it's not a numbers game in that you have to have huge numbers. So in other words, it's not that everyone needs to play the same numbers game, but you need to play the numbers game for the business that you want to have, right? So for someone who wants to have a huge business and make, you know, seven figures, I'll just say that. I'll say seven figures and like not just working one-on-one, but serving, you know, many, many, many people by having lots of courses and programs, your numbers game is going to be really big or it needs to be. Whereas somebody who wants to have a more, let's call it boutique business, maybe who's only interested in in working one-to-one with clients, who who's, you know, not trying to build like some sort of an empire with a team and, you know, lots of tech and all kinds of stuff, right? Someone who's keeping it simple. You don't need the same numbers in terms of audience as the the person who wants the seven figure empire and, you know, with a team, but you need your numbers. So when I say that, like having business is having a business, a successful business is a numbers game. It's not that I mean that everyone needs the same numbers, but what it means is that everyone needs to kind of have a good idea of what numbers they need. And here's what I'm going to tell you. When you first start your business, And you tell everyone that you currently know, (laughs) right? Like you literally tell everyone you know in the moment that you start your business that you have a business. All your friends, your family, everyone that you already know on social media, right? However you tell people, that's like this kind of finite group of people that already know you that you were able to reach because like you either can call them or you can text them or you're going to hope that they saw your post on social media, whatever. And after you kind of exhaust that, and what I mean by exhausted is, yeah, like, will there be some people like in your immediate circle that that want to be your client? I, probably. I bet there are. I bet like that's how, and I don't mean like your mom or or your aunt, although I've worked with lots of people whose first clients were their aunt and mom, but I don't mean just that. I mean, even like someone that you know, just someone that you know, someone that you see all the time at the gym or that you know from yoga class or that's, you know, another parent at the school or, you know, there's like someone that you know that most people, when they first start their business, they experience that from that pool, that immediate pool, the inner circle, I call it, right, of people, that there are some clients to be had. And that, first of all, it's so great because it can definitely make you feel like, wow, this is possible. Like we, you know, it's a great boost to have those first few people say yes. And then what happens is after you've kind of worked that 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 initial audience, that initial pool of people, and you've really worked it and you've told them lots of times what you do or they've seen you make lots of posts or whatever, you've reached out to them, then it feels like that dried up and then the conundrum comes of where are the, where are the people? Who's next? How do you get the new people into the pool? Or, as you know, onto your yellow brick road, right? So, Your yellow brick road gets populated in the very beginning with people who are like rooting for you. They care about you. They want you to succeed. Might be peppered with some actual clients, you know, ideal clients in there. And they're on your yellow brick road and they're so, they're cheering you on. And then after a little while, what happens? They're like, all right, I'm going to step off. I'm going to step off the road. What does that look like? Well, that looks like, you know, your friends, you know, your, your, your mom and, and, and your aunt, like kind of 
losing interest that, or people unsubscribing from your email list because you started your email list off with like your personal contacts. And then you start wondering why, you know, people that are not your ideal clients and they have nothing to do with what you do. They don't want to be on your email list, you know, on your on your marketing email list. They might still want to be receive a personal email from you as their friend, but they don't want to get your like biz emails, right? And you start to see that the yellow brick road starts leaning out. It starts thinning out. And everyone experiences this same moment of how do I get more people on my yellow brick road? And because social media is there and it's you already use it, you know, it's quote unquote easy because it's there. You turn to social media and you start posting on social and you're posting about your business. You're offering your discovery call. You're, you know, you're, you're doing all this stuff. And it doesn't always feel like anything's happening. And the reason for that is that you're still talking to that same group of people. And again, growing on social and getting new people onto your social media and whatever is not as easy as it might seem. And I've talked to a number of entrepreneurs who aren't even realizing that when you're posting on social media, the only people who are seeing your posts, if you're doing regular posts on your feed, are the people who already follow you and are already friends with you. And I think that there's this funny thing out there that some people just think that like, if you post on social media, you may attract brand new strangers. And that's not that easy to do unless you're really going for it and you're creating reels, right? Reels and videos are the number one way to get brand new people on the platforms. And then of course, LinkedIn is it's like its own other thing. So I thought it would be helpful to come in and talk to you today about how you have to think outside the box and you... It's really important that you don't rely on social media, again, unless you want to be an influencer, right? But that you don't rely on social or you don't like hang your hat on it or you don't get discouraged by it or you don't like, you know, like devote so, 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 so much time trying to like decode it or thinking that you can learn something about the algorithm. It's not, it's like a waste of your time. And What's more useful is for you to get creative about how do you want to grow your audience? And you want to grow your audience because you need new people to be in front of and to talk to. So what I'm going to talk about today are some of the strategies that I recommend for audience growth and expansion. And some of it is has nothing to do with social media and some of it has a little bit to do with social media. Okay. So number one, if you're going to use social media, posting alone is not a strategy because when you just post, it's like a one way experience. It's you making something and pushing post and then what? Praying hoping for the best. And as we know, social media is unpredictable. You don't own it. You have no control over it. And when it comes to the algorithm, and you know, I hate saying the word algorithm because I don't want to like get you fixated on it. But there is one reality with the algorithm, which is that it decides what, like whether or not a post is going to have a bigger life or a smaller life. And there's not that much you can do once it's out in the world to control that. But a lot of what has to do with that, and here's where I'm going with the thing that you can do on social media to grow your audience, is that if other people like your post and engage with it, that is what is going to tell the algorithm or social media to show it and give it more life, give it more legs. So how do you do that? How do you get people to engage with your content? You engage with theirs. So one way to grow your own audience on social media is 
to take the time to look at other people's posts and comment and engage because then you're more likely to have those people do the same for you. And not that they're doing it as a favor. Obviously, what we want ideally is to be doing that with people that either are in our ideal client realm or that have a shared audience. That maybe the person that we're commenting and engaging with is not our ideal client, but maybe maybe they share an audience of our ideal clients and that we can benefit from that. And this is going to come up again later. And then another way that we can use social media to grow our audience. And I want you to remember that audience growth is not usually in like large dumps of audience members, meaning we don't typically just get 50 new audience members at once or 100 or whatever. I'm talking about sometimes adding one new person to your audience at a time and realizing that that's actually a sustainable, true way of building an audience. So the other way that you can do this on social media, another really good way is by being in groups, for example, on on Facebook, where your ideal clients may be, or being in groups on Facebook that are like, um, they're places that are set up so that people who are looking for experts or guests for podcasts or summits or, 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 you know, things that they're doing, being in groups like that, people that are looking for collaboration. But we're going to go into collaboration in a minute. But right now I'm just referencing on social media, being, uh, going in groups where your ideal clients are and offering value. Most of the places you can't promote, so we're not talking about promoting, but we're talking about slowly building relationships where you see someone makes a post and it happens to be that you can help or that you have a solution or that you have a, uh, something productive or helpful to say and you'll comment and you'll engage. Now, does all of this take time? It actually does. Audience growth and audience expansion takes time. So let's review what I talk about all the time, which is that every single thing, everything requires some sort of investment of either time, energy, money, or all three. Let's just go back. That's like a a, a principle that I teach. And it doesn't just refer to business or audience growth. It, It refers to everything. Every single thing that you that you desire is going to require an investment of time, energy, money. It could be one of those things. It could be two of those things. It could be all three of those things. So audience growth is no different. You either are investing time and energy or money. What is the money part on social media? It's running ads. So are there people who get to a point in their business where they're making multiple six figures and they decide to invest a lot of money in Facebook ads to grow their audience? Yeah, there are. And that is one method of audience growth. But it's highly discouraged by me until you are at a certain point in your business where you're making so much money that you have an advertising budget. But here's what I'm going to say. I actually know seven-figure business owners who have tried that strategy and they have actually gone back to organic growth, which is what I'm talking about today. And organic growth is all about actual connection, real connection with individuals. And that's why I said, and and it's not always that the individuals that you're connecting with are the clients themselves. 
sometimes it's building relationships and connections one person at a time with people who can then help you grow your audience. So in the world I'm talking about right now with like the outreach on social or the commenting or the engaging, yeah, that's like you kind of working an individual or building a relationship or, you know, like getting more, making yourself more visible by being visible on someone else's content, right? So that's one way. You make yourself visible on someone else's content where their audience might see you making a comment and then they might go, ooh, who is that? And then they might click and go over to look at you and follow you. So I know this sounds like a lot of steps, but that's how people do it. And people pay people to do that for them, actually. Okay, we're going to move off social media because I, I came on to do this episode very purposely to make sure that I expand your mind and have you thinking more creatively about audience growth beyond the socials. So how do we grow our audience? How do we get more people to see us, to know what we're doing when we're not going to rely entirely on social media? Well, one really major way that we can do that is networking. And one of the reasons why I thought of this and why I wanted to talk about this with you today is because I have actually leveraged networking at various times in my business, and it's worked really well for me. And before the pandemic, I was in a networking group, uh, uh, an in-person networking group here in New York City, where we actually, it was not a networking event. So I want to make a, a distinction between networking events and networking groups. Okay, so a networking group is usually a, a group that is formed of people that meet the same group of people that meets regularly. Usually it's like every other week or it could be once a month or something, but it's like a, it's a, it's a group of people that get to know each other over a period of time because they're in a group together. And sometimes it's true that you may actually connect with someone who is an ideal client and vice versa. You may find people in a networking group where you're like, wow, I want to be that person's client or I want to use their services or I want to, you know, in, like do business with them. But the main reason that people are in networking groups and build and grow relationships with each other is also in the hopes that it expands your network. Because as soon as you form a relationship with another person, now you have access to their network and vice versa. So networking is founded on the, the principle or the idea, right, that that if you network with people, your own network expands because you they start to include you in their network. Now they can refer you. They get to know you. They get to know what you do. They like you. They feel a connection to you. So the no love and trust factor that I talk about all the time that we build with our actual clients, it applies the same way to networking. The idea is that like you're building that no love and trust factor with other people. We'll call them colleagues, right? Or, you know, business associates or networking friends. And ideally, now they're out in their world, their life, their network, and they bump into someone or they're talking to someone and that person says, you know, I really think that I need a business coach. It's come to that time. And then someone that's met me and feels a connection to me, they see me at networking, I'm, I'm clear about what I do, I'm enthusiastic, I'm likable, hopefully, and they say to this person, you know, I know an awesome business coach, I'm going to connect you with her. And so when I say audience expansion or audience growth, one way is not always that the, the other person's entire audience doesn't all of a sudden become your audience. But what it means is that you are now getting exposure to someone else's audience through them, right? Your audience is growing by the very, 
nature, I don't know if that's the word I'm looking for, your audience is growing because you are now being connected to a person who also has an audience. So I was in a networking group before the pandemic, as I said, that was in person that met. Oh, yeah, I was going to say the difference between networking groups and events. So a group is a group. I just described it. And then an event is something that's more like an organized, almost like a networking party. It's like a one-off thing, or maybe it happens periodically. So I'm a member of the Manhattan Chamber of Commerce. And just today, actually, I decided it, I, they, they put out an email with their upcoming networking around town events. And I'm really craving some in-person networking, just so you know. Um, and I looked at the schedule and there was one that fit perfectly in my calendar. And I was like, I'm going to go to that. And I signed up and I'm going to go and I'll be it's an event. Right. So it's like a little schmoozy, mingly it's definitely harder to make real connections at an event like that than it is to be a part of a networking group. Networking groups cost money, usually. They're, like if you want to have like a membership where you really, where, where it's really organized and you're in with, you know, a group of people who are all committed to building relationships with, with each other and referring each other, usually there's like a membership fee for that. And then a, a one-off event, yeah, you might have to pay a couple of bucks. I'm a member of the Chamber of Commerce, so it's free for me. But I think when you're not going to something repeatedly with the same group of people, it's a different outcome. You may walk away from an event like that, like the one I'm going to at the chamber, um, you know, with a handful of biz cards. I'll, I'll bring my, I don't have business cards. I actually have um, postcards that have this show on one side with a QR code. And then just like what I do on the other side. They're kind of like, they're kind of cool. They're really pretty. They look a lot like the uh, cover art for the show and the cover of my, or the homepage of my website. So, um, but the, but networking is such a great way because it's real human connection. It's you really meeting people, having a chance to like shine. Like when I say shine, I mean like come in with your like, with your radiant energy, you know, a, a twinkle in your eye, a, a, getting to like, you know, have someone experience you and real a real life little chat connection where you're talking to people and it's natural um, and everyone's there for the same reason. So it doesn't have to feel like weird that you're talking about what you do, right? Everyone's there for the same reason. So networking is really one of my favorite ways of expanding my audience. So I just joined recently an online networking group, a new one for me, that um, I, I, I really resonated with the woman who started it and runs it. It's got a lot of creatives and speakers and coaches and like my kind of people in it. And I went to the first meeting as a guest and what transpired or what happened from that is I ended up with, I think it's like 10, 10 coffee chats, 10 calls, like 10 people that reached out to me and were like, Hey, let's, let's hook up. Um, I'm going to be on two of those people's podcasts now. Um, and, and, and maybe they'll be on mine. Um, I'm having one of the people said, oh my God, you have to meet my friend so-and-so. She lives in New York. You guys would hit it off and be great, you know, whatever, I don't know, like networking friends. And so that person and I are actually getting together for a drink, you know, here in New York City. So it's, it's expanding my, it's expanding my exposure, right? It's, it's sort of, it's that six degrees of separation. It's that, you know, Kevin Bacon game, which I can't really describe it. I don't, I just know that it has to do, uh, is that the six degrees thing? Yeah. It's, it's the, it's the idea that like forming relationships with people is going to be a great way for that, for therefore you're now technically exposed to their audience right? Because they're going to refer you. They're going to maybe give you an opportunity like me that I'm going to be on these podcasts. Now I'm going to get to be in front of their audience, which is inevitably going to grow mine. It doesn't mean that I'm going to get all of their audience to all of a sudden come over 
and listen to my show or come onto my email list, but some of them will. So getting out and networking is a really, really good, I call it client attracting activity, right? Because client attracting activities are the things that you do that put you in front of people, that increase and raise your level of visibility. But the thing about networking is that it puts other people to, and this is not in a bad way, in a good way to work for you. So it's the equivalent of like, instead of you posting on social media and hoping and praying that someone sees your post, instead, it's someone literally telling someone to look at your post right? Hey, you should go look at this person. And sometimes what people do is they check out our social media, they look at our website, right? So that's another reason why having the social media presence is worth it and important. It just doesn't have to be your first string or the thing that you think is the make or break strategy for growing your audience. And so let's just go back to like my definition of growing your audience, which is not that you have to have, you know, 10,000 followers on Instagram and, you know, like millions and millions of people on your email list. What it means is that you need to be adding new awareness and new people into your circle of visibility on a regular basis. Now, in an ideal situation, We're not just out there meeting people, but we're also getting new people onto our email list. I consider your audience to be the total or the sum of all of the people that you actually might reach when you voluntarily or proactively put something out into the world. So that would be the sum of everyone who does follow you on on all the different social media platforms. Everyone is on your email list. Your email list is always going to be the most direct marketing strategy, the most direct way to reach people. Get them on your email list and email them. Do some of the emails end up in spam? Do some bounce? Will someone unsubscribe? Yeah. All of those things are true. But usually anywhere from 20 to 50% of the people that you send an email to are going to open that email. And now you have directly reached them. Whereas when you post on social media, your post may vanish into the ethers within seconds if someone doesn't start liking and commenting on it right away. And that is the algorithm. That is a fact. But you don't have any control over that other than creating the best content that you can and being engaging yourself, meaning going and engaging on other people's stuff so that when someone sees your post come through their feed, they're going to be more likely to be like, oh, I like her. And then just at least react to it. Even moving people from social media to your email list is a worthwhile and important business activity. And so this is why what I teach in the academy, what I teach my clients, what I do is what I call organic content business strategy, right? Which is where by creating content that would make people come off of social media, meaning put their name and email in to either get it like a free gift right? Some sort of a resource, some sort of a PDF, something that your ideal clients would want. And if you could promote that or market that on social and incentivize people to want it and therefore put their name and email in to get it, now they're on your email list. Okay. And then same thing with content that like what I do, where I put out free workshops, masterclasses, trainings, challenges, boot camps, all the things that that you can sign up for to come take with me. Not that the only reason I do that is to get new people onto my email list, but 
it's a big part of it because I consider my my true inner core audience to be the people that I can reach through email. So it's not that I don't love that I've got a couple of thousand followers on Instagram and a couple of follow, thousand followers on, on Facebook. I love that. I mean, you know, I speak to those people. I want to be in service. I want to provide value. I want people to like what I'm posting. I don't mean like literally like put the heart, although I want that too. But I'm just saying like, I want them to feel value. I want people to go, oh, I love, you know, looking at Stacey's post. Actually, just recently, as I've been, as I was getting ready for the Embody Your Passion event that just happened a few weeks ago, I... I actually, I actually just talked to you like I'm in the future. That ha- event has not happened yet. And I literally just time traveled for you. But what I'm going to tell you is that in the process of, of enrolling people in my event, um, Embody Your Passion, I did a lot of personal outreach on social media. I did message a lot of the people who engage with my posts and who follow me. And I got so much wonderful positive reinforcement from people writing me notes saying, I love following you. Thank you for being such a a heart-centered leader or soulful leader. People really wrote these really nice things when I reached out and said like, hey, how are you doing? How's your business? How are things going? Are you thinking of coming to embody your passion? And people literally wrote me back these messages that made me feel really good about about posting on social media, because I think that sometimes posting on social media can make your head fall off. You're like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? Right. But when it all comes down to it, we really need to drive people off of social and onto our email list. I can tell you that just yesterday, right, the day before I'm recording this, just yesterday, I think Instagram kind of got glitchy for a couple of hours. I know, like, I, like, met up with someone for a minute, and he was like, hey, can you check my account on Instagram? And I went to Instagram, and I couldn't load, like, nothing was loading, and it said problem loading feed. And I was like, not your account. There's something going on with Instagram. So, Nobody wants their business to rely on Instagram or on Facebook because that shit happens all the time. You hear stories of people who get like locked out of their accounts and blocked and told that they're, you know, being obscene when they've done nothing but like post something, you know, in in a bathing suit or whatever. Um, And so you don't want to take that chance. So all right, I'll get off my soapbox about email list, but okay, so... I consider your email, your audience rather, like if I was going to care about numbers, to be honest with you, I care much more about my numbers on my email list than I do on social. Because all that really, really matters when it comes to conversions and getting people to know about your stuff and come to things and really communicate with you is your email list, unless you're an influencer. Okay, so moving on. We've talked a little bit about what you can do on social to grow your audience. We've talked about networking. I just threw in a little bonus there about email lists. And now what I'm going to tell you is another really, really important way to grow your audience. And this is kind of related to the kind of going into a Facebook group, for example, where there might be like people that fit into your audience is what I'm going to call in in a bigger picture leveraging other people's audiences. Networking is like making the logical assumption that if you connect with someone and build a relationship with them, they are more likely going to want to share you with other people, that they're going to like tell someone about you. So it may not be that like you get in front of their whole audience, but it may be more like they tell more people about you. And so it may be smaller, right, but curated. Now, of course, I just shared with you that that uh, some of the people that I met in my networking, my new networking group have podcasts and they invited me to be a guest. So that is exposing me to their audience at large. And that's what I'm about to talk about, leveraging other people's audiences. So what we all want to do if we are going to make it out here in the world of entrepreneurship and entrepreneurship is definitely not for the faint of heart. 
And, you know, I don't care what size business you want to have. You could want to have that boutique business with like a handful of clients and, you know, make a couple of dollars. Or you could want that like empire business of multiple six and seven figures and a team and 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 serving tons and tons of people having massive impact like there's no judgment here it doesn't matter whatever it is it takes work to have people to work with it takes work and that work is the input you've got to put input somewhere in order to get something out of it you've got to put input into the relationships and the networking or input into the social media strategy or input into your content that you're creating. Input, right? You've got to put something in in order to get something out. And so one of the other things that you can do, it kind of falls in the category of networking, is really look around and ask yourself, who, who, do I know or who do I want to know that has an audience that I would like to get in front of? And how can I either swap, like do like, hey, I'll scratch your back, you scratch mine, right? Like um, I'll, I'll bring you uh, into my Facebook group as a guest if you'll bring me into yours or I'll come be a guest expert in your program if you'll be a guest expert in mine right? Or who can you, who, who has a podcast, even if you don't, and it's not a swap, who has a podcast that you think you'd be a great guest on, that you could provide great value, like on their show that has an audience of your ideal clients? And, and could you reach out to them? How could you, how could, what could you offer them? How could you say, I think that I could bring some value to you and your show and see if you can get on a podcast. I'm sure that none of you are strangers to what to summits, right? Or to big events where there's a number of experts and speakers and there's, you know, an audience of people who register to receive the videos or to watch them live or blah, blah, blah. Could you be on one of those? getting exposure by having someone else put the audience together and letting you be in front of it. Could you create one of those yourself? I've done three of them. I've done three of my own virtual summits where I invited friends and colleagues that I built relationships with or that I've outreached and said, hey, I really think you'd be a great guest on my my thing, right? build a relationship. And then those people are sharing the fact that they're a guest, an expert on an event with their audience. But when the audience signs up and says, oh, I'll go to this thing that so-and-so that I really love is participating in, where does that, where do those, where do those registrations go? They end up on the email list of the person who's creating the event. And that's how that person is expanding their audience. So there's, uh, what's another way of expanding your audience? Being, going around to local businesses in your area and seeing if you can present a talk or a workshop and having them promote it to their customers, their audience, boom, here's some new people coming in, meeting you, seeing you, hearing you. This even works as simply as like when I was first starting out and I was a health and life coach, my best friend from growing up lives in New Jersey, which is not that far away from New York City, but she lives in the suburbs and has three kids. I live in New York City, have no kids. So she has a whole network, a community of friends that I don't know that could use my services back at that time. And so what did I tell her to do. Hey, let's have a house party. I'll come over. I'll do a talk on how to get out of overwhelm because <laughs> what middle-aged mom of teenagers doesn't need that? And you invite all your friends and we'll have wine and snacks. Well, it was a big hit and I got like 20 new people onto my email list. Now, none of them ended up being my clients, but 
That's okay. Because growing your audience is growing your audience. You never know, right? Out of however many new people you get on your on your list, you don't know like who's going to end up becoming a client or who's right. And I also changed niches not that long after that. I was probably on the, on the road to being a business coach back then anyway. But this is what I mean by creatively thinking about how do you want to be exposed to people? How do you want to let more people know what you do? How do you want to be more visible? How do you want to grow your audience? And your audience ultimately being who's on your email list. We can also count who's in your socials, but really, really, really what counts the most is who's on your email list. Now, when you go to networking and you're dealing in a referral thing, are those people putting people on your email list? No, they're not. Can it be really, really valuable to have one person from a networking event introduce you to one ideal client who needs your services and who says yes to working with you and you make whatever it is that you charge? That is so worth it. You didn't need a whole bunch of new people on your email list for that. You just needed one person who really got, gets what you do and refers you to someone else. And that brings me to my final point of today's episode. In order for any of this to work, you have to be crystal clear on what you do. You have to be able to convey it to other people if you expect them to want to then refer you and tell other people about you. It's all on you. It begins with you. Because remember, it's like a game of telephone out there. I can't tell you how often people don't know how to tell other people what I do. It doesn't happen as much anymore. I shouldn't have said I can't tell you how often it happens now. I meant back, back, back when I first started going to networking, I wondered why I wasn't getting any clients (laughs) from, I mean, referrals. And I learned that a big part of it was that the the women that I was in the networking group with, they knew I was like really inspiring. They used to tell me, oh, when you walk in the room, you're like a ray of sunshine. You always have such a smile on your face. You're so inspiring. But at the same time, they weren't referring any clients to me. And I realized, I don't think they get what I do. Maybe they think I'm like an inspiration person. I don't know. And maybe they don't think they know anyone who needs an inspiration person. And so what I did back then was because this was a group of women that were all in the group, I actually offered all the women in the group a free coaching session. And I said, hey, I think the best way for you to really understand what I do and end up referring me to other people is for you to experience coaching yourself. And I really want to gift this to you. And not only did the women that I gifted it to get so much out of it. And from there forward, really understood what I do. Two of those women asked how they could work with me and they ended up being my clients. And one is still my client right now for through like years, four years, I don't know, a million years. So there's so many ways to utilize like the connecting with other people. There's so many ways to get creative And to have people understand what you do. But going back to what I was just saying, but the really critical thing for you in your business when it comes to growing an audience or getting referrals or using the networking model or even pitching yourself on a podcast or for a summit or leveraging other people's audiences by doing a swap or a share, you have to be able to sell yourself in, and this is in a good way, not in a salesy way. I know you hate that word. You need to know how to say what you do and to market yourself and to pitch yourself and to say, hey, pick me. You, t- I'm an expert in this. So if you're dealing with all of the mishigas of imposter syndrome or of not wanting to talk about what you do or feeling salesy or not being clear or not being sure or not knowing your message or not knowing what the five key things are that you are the best expert at or that you are so good at talking about or the parts of your story 
that are the ones that will make other people perk up and be like, wow, I want to know more about that chick and what she does or that guy and what he does. You've got to know all of that. It's your job. You can't expect other people to do it. The growing of the audience is that you've got to be willing to shine so that people want to see, watch, listen. That's what an audience is. And that's what you need in order to create clients. Even in the networking sense, people have to like hear what you do and hear about you and, 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 and get a connection to that. They need to get it. It can't go in one ear out the other. They can't be looking at you with a blank stare because you're sitting and talking in circles and not really being clear about what you do. You have to be able to establish yourself as an expert. You have to know what your offers are. This is all critical for growing your audience as well as for creating clients. It's like, it's the, it's the heart and soul. It's the core. It's the foundation of your business. So all of these strategies that I talked about today about growing your audience and why it's so important to not only fixate on social media and how to like get out in the world and network and talk to people and, and, and be creative and, and, and find ways to get referrals and partners and swaps. None of that is going to work if you can't fucking tell anybody what you do. None of it. It means nothing. You can't just walk around saying your title. You have to be able to express yourself in a much more compelling way. And, and, and I hope you're hearing this with love because here's the thing. You all can do it. And if you're listening to me and you're like feeling this sinking feeling, knowing that like you're not good at it or whatever, here's the best news. You can get good at it. And one of the ways that you can get good at it, and now I'm going to be salesy, is you can come work with me. You can come work with me. And this is what I specialize in because I, I cannot be the business coach that jumps all the way ahead and tries to tell you that you should do all of these fancy schmancy automated bullshit things or even take out ads if you can't get clear on what you do and talk about it first. If you can't grow organically first, do not do it with money. I feel like that's like my mic drop end of this episode. If you can't do it organically first, don't try to do it with money. Boom. All right. So come be in the academy. By the time this episode comes out, I am telling you that we were are in an enrollment period because I will just have finished my Embody Your Passion uh, event and people from that event are going to be wanting to be in the academy. I'm, I, I'm telling it to you. And you can come be in the academy. You can be in the academy at any time, actually, just so you know. So even if you're listening to this like in three years, I don't think the academy is shutting down. Come be in the academy. You can enroll, enroll with me at any time. You're not sure if the academy is for you. You want to work with me one-on-one. Same thing. Book a call with me. It's called the Ultimate Impact Blueprint Session. You know what that means? That means I'm going to get with you and I'm going to find out what you want to do and I'm going to find out what you're already doing to do it. And then I'm going to tell you what your ultimate impact blueprint should look like for you, not for anybody else, just for you. Small business, big business. I'm going to tell you what I think are the actions and activities that are going to help you make the kind of impact that you want to make. You want to impact 10 people? Amazing. I'm all for it. You want to impact a million people? Fab. Let's do it. But you need to know how to do it. And it all starts with knowing your mission, your message, your niche, and how you do what you do. And with that, I am signing off. You know how to find me. Don't forget to go to the show notes. They're on www.stacybrassrussell.com. That's where you can book a call. That's where you can get free downloads and resources and fun stuff. That's where you can find out about all of my events. And here's what I'm also going to tell you. This episode is coming out mid-June. And here's the great news. A course is starting in like two weeks with me. An amazing course 
I'm not going to tell you the name of it while I'm recording it right now because I'm still developing the name, but it's going to be about how to put out programs that people want. Okay? So there you have it. Sending you all the love. I will talk to you next week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Passionate and Prosperous with me, Stacey Brass Russell. If you like what you're listening to, please make sure you're following or subscribing. And if you're on Apple, that's the little plus sign on the top right so that you get notified when new episodes drop every Wednesday. As always, I'm sending you love and high vibes. And remember, life is hard and there's always something you can do about it. 